Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This changes everything. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing real wonderful. Uh, follow up on our conversation from last week. You really, it's so fun, you know, having friends who are therapists who just call you out on your shit real fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, you are exactly right. I do say things on here so that I can make talking about them with, uh, you know, my BF easier. And uh, yeah, so I said to him, you know, we went out to breakfast and... Uh, Oh, for those of you who weren't listening to the last episode, first of all, what are you doing? Go I back, know, listen on. to that episode. This is together. part two, mm-hmm. so you get your shit together. <laughs> uh, and then it, we're talking about, like, I want to have, like, a serious conversation with Eli, my boyfriend, about getting married. And mm-hmm. so I was, like, so nervous to do that, you know, second time around. I don't know. And so I just said, I was like, hey, you know, I want to have a serious conversation about getting married with you. You and just we, came we out. Breakfast. You just straight out. Yeah. So, nice. I just said it. Uh-huh. Because then I was like, I'm just saying that I want to have a conversation. Mm. I did. I don't even have to have the conversation mm-hmm, ready yet. Mm-hmm. I just have to say that. And he was like, okay, great. You want to do that right now? Let's do that right now. Let's. Let, and I was like, oh, fuck. I wasn't ready. <laughs> well, but okay. I, I, I see your enthusiasm. And I thought we were going to talk about, like, should we get married? Like, do you think what's going to be? But he was like, what do you want? Fall? Spring? <laughs> like, he just went right in. He's like, well, I kind of see it. Like, you know, I don't want. And I was like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. It was no problem at all. And all the things that really matter to me, I, I just said, you know, mm-hmm. I said, I want, I don't want to be surprised. I want to be part of the ring selection. I want to, mm-hmm. and it's like no big deal. Hmm. And That's I don't true. know why I make it out to be such a big deal. So thanks for talking me through that guys. <laughs> all, all you listeners going on that fun adventure with me. Ugh, I love that for you. I love how yeah. Eli is just like so game to talk about he all really the stuff. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. And now my lease is going to be up in like a month. So I think I'm officially moving in yeah. and I keep using the, if I move it, he's like, why do you say if you have no other options? Like, like, I know you're right. I'm moving in fine. I don't know why I'm so resistant to this. Ugh. but anyways, what I think what's happening is exactly what the subject matter of our mm. podcast is today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Things that maybe look like red flags to me, but are really green flags. <laughs> Yeah, so it's the sort of response episode, the opposite episode to last week's episode. Before we get in there, I just want to say like one of the things that I like about you and Eli that I think that everybody kind of needs to think about when they're in relationship or trying to find a partner that's a good match for them. You know, you talk about, Sarah, how like even in the way that you talk about moving in, you say, if I move in, because that just, there's kind of some anxiety around it. You feel a little scared about it. And whenever you tell me a story about saying something like that, you'd then say that Eli is just like, what, what are you doing? What are you saying? Of course we're going to do it. You know, he's just like really reassuring. But if you were with somebody else who had abandonment issues, they would focus on that if, and they'd get really scared and then you get really scared. And then there'd be like a lot of triggering stuff. You are so right. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so it's it normal. It does feel like that. Yeah. Normal yeah. that you're going to get triggered. It's such a great bonus if you can find somebody that's not going to be triggered by you getting triggered, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I notice now, now that, you know, that we've even talked about it on here and I've just become more aware. I notice when I'm doing things, when I am triggered mm. and I'm doing things where in past relationships... For lack of a better word, I'll call them like little emotional tests. Mm -hmm. Like we're all, 
even even I think even saying if mm-hmm. is this little test yeah. that I'm I'm subconsciously or even consciously putting him through like what is he going to say to this mm-hmm. is he going to respond in the right way and so I'm recognizing that I'm doing these things to get reassurance which is an unhealthy way to go about getting it you know what works <laughs> also is asking for it or saying like yes. you know I'm feeling really insecure in my our relationship right, right now like. I know this is just echoes of the past, but I just wanted to talk to you about this in case you notice that I'm a little tense and a little edgy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it comes out in annoying ways. Like he's, you know, putting all this work into uh, uh, redoing the office. Mm. And I come upstairs, and, like the first thing I say, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> Ugh. The first thing I say, instead of like, he's like, oh, what'd you think of upstairs, uh, the office? And instead of saying like, Oh, thank you so much for assembling all that furniture and putting it together and put the energy in. I was like, I don't like the balance of the desks. And the- <laughs> what an asshole! What? And I recognize that. And so I, 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 I knew, I was like, this is just me feeling out of control mm-hmm. because I'm letting go. This is somebody else's space. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the first time I'm like, it's, I don't have an apartment of my own in a long time. And that's scary. And just Mm-hmm. Talk about that instead right. of, you know, and then I like hugged him and kissed him and apologized. <laughs> and he's like, it's fine. And I'm like, it's not fine. I need to apologize for this. <laughs> I was a meanie. <laughs> and so that's like the behavior that then ends up driving somebody away. And then you go, see, look at it. It always happens. Mm. They're always, and I, you don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what we talked about in our, our attachment episode. So mm-hmm. yeah. thank you for recognizing that. And thank you guys, you know, for letting me like, uh, you know, talk to this on here. And hopefully it helps some people who also get triggered in their relationship and are like working on recognizing these things. Yeah. For Ugh, sure. It's so hard. It is. It's so hard. But it sounds like you and Eli are doing great. Yeah, we're good. I love that for you. That's fine. It's <laughs> wonderful. Now I just have to figure out how to convince any vendors that we're not having a wedding and it's just a party because <laughs> that whole bullshit of like, <sighs> oh, it's $500 to rent the room. Oh, it's for a wedding? I'm sorry. Add a zero on that. <sighs> That'll be 5000 It's like, what? What happens <laughs> to think when you get every No. We're not doing that. So, like, give me a city hall marriage, and then uh, we could throw a party yeah. at a bar. Uh huh. Yeah. Don't worry. Booze on me. <laughs> the end. Oh God. Yeah. Ugh. Good luck with that. That's yeah. stressful. You're invited. Don't worry. It'll be so fun. Oh, oh my God, I'm about to go. So I want to go. Yay! Yeah. Oh, I love this. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get into the episode. Okay, let's Red do flags it. that are really green flags. We've got, what, like nine, eight or nine of them? Let's just get through it. The so, first one. Yeah, so many. And also, before we get into it, some of these, like, um, red flags that are really green flags, we're saying, like, they look like red flags, but they're actually really good signs. But... They can actually be red flags if there's like, there's some nuance here and it depends where they fall on the spectrum. Totally. Right. All that. Yes. So something that looks like a red flag, but is actually really good, I think, is somebody that's being like really available. Someone who's just like, I'm here. I'm showing up. What's going on? Let's hang out. It could, that might look like a red flag because it's just like, whoa, do you even have a life? Like, what's wrong with you? Oh my God, you're obsessed with me. Like, are you desperately looking for somebody? Um, But I like it because if you (sighs) like somebody, you're just going to like make yourselves available. Like you just want to spend time, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is why I hate that stupid oh, like three-day rule. <sighs> who who wrote that? And where is this book with the, this rule? 
written. Because, like, can we burn that? Throw I, well, that out? I'll That's tell the you, dumbest thing. I, I'll tell you where I got it from was the movie Swingers. Did you see Swingers? Yes. <laughs> and any of those gentlemen, and I use that term very loosely, are people we should be modeling no. our relationships after. No, no, we shouldn't. But I will say, Vince Vaughn was like his oh, hottest God, so and sexy. most funny. Yeah, he was so fucking sexy in that goddamn movie. And and we people should... always ask like, who's my type? Mm, Him, Vince definitely. Vaughn, '90s Vince Vaughn, yep. Swingers yeah. is my type. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. So Look, finally something Jeff and I have in common. <laughs> <laughs> We'd both do it with Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Name this Vince Vaughn. We wouldn't kick him out of bed for no. eating crackers. That's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah. So, so lovely movie. Horrible yes. advice. Horrible um, advice. Yeah. Be available. It's hot. It's sexy. It also creates security and predictability, right? Like you want to know that you can count on your person. But we've all been trained from movies and Hollywood and society and culture that maybe we should be like, you know, playing games and be a little less available. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. a good sign, actually. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a different feeling between like desperate and, mm. and wa- wanting to spend an unhealthy time amount of time with somebody where you forget maybe you like lose yourself in that person mm-hmm. versus being available for another person mm-hmm. making yourself available it might mean having to say no to some things that you want to do for you in order to build up and strengthen the relationship mm-hmm. yeah no that's a good point is that like availability and desperation feel different yeah. Totally. <laughs> One feels maybe smothering, like desperation is just sort of like, oh my God, you're dropping every single thing in your life for me. Um, and availability is like, hey, I'm going to make myself as available as possible in a healthy way because mm-hmm. I value this thing that we're building together. One of the things, so I think this is related, but like in my own personal life, I'm I'm on the apps, I'm dating, I'm getting out there, yes. doing my thing. And... Uh, a question that I like to ask after maybe two or three good dates with one person is, um, how do you want to date? Like, what does it look like to you? Like, how much do you like to text? How much do you want to keep in contact? How often do you want to see each other? How, what pace do you want to move at emotionally, physically? Just sort of like, let me know. And I'll let you know. Setting expectations. Just setting expectations. And it doesn't even, they don't have to like match a hundred percent. But if I know what you're wanting or needing, then I can be like, oh, I'm not going to freak out if I'm not getting like texts all the time. And, you know, like, it's just sort of, I understand what your availability is. You understand what mine is. And there's the uncertainty is not as overwhelming because I kind of know what's going on, you know? Yes. I think I put that in my dating profile mm. on like the, I think hinge or something. Bumble has like a pros and con, like pro and con, like one, like, and I said, pro, I will give you 100% of my attention when I am with you. Con, I will never return your text messages <laughs> right. because I'm giving 100% of my attention to whoever I'm with. Yeah. So pro and con, I just set him up right there. Mm-hmm. Not going to return your text messages probably ever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, set expectations. What does dating look like? We all have different ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all. And then if ideas. I were to interpret somebody not returning a text message, I'd be like, oh, they're busy. They're probably doing something else. But right. if somebody who like to engage in text messaging, yeah. you know, 
they'd be like, oh no, she doesn't like me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's taking the guesswork out. It's the same sort of vibe as asking the question is like, before you have sex, you're just like, what are you into? What kind of sex do you like to have? You know, like we don't have to dive into this and try to figure it out in the moment. You can just tell me beforehand, what are your boundaries? What do you want to do? What's the plan here? You know, and then we feel more confident moving into it. Yeah, this is across the board. Yeah. That works for everything. What do you want to eat? What kind of food do you like? Exactly. Just tell me what you like, then I could pick a restaurant. Right. But why am I guessing? Yes. You know. Exactly. You don't like Chinese food. So, <laughs> all right, number two, want, uh, wanting to do a lot of check ins. Mm-hmm. I think that some people might see this as a red flag because it's just like, oh, you're over communicating. Um, why don't we just sort of like naturally let this evolve? Why are you talking so much? Like, it's a red flag that you're wanting to like have this many check-ins, but I like it. Yeah. What do you mean by check-in? Oh yeah. Let's talk about what a check-in is. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we also have like different definitions of what a check-in yeah. is. A check-in for me is, um, are you enjoying this pace? Are you mm. liking what we're doing here? Do you like have, do you still have like feelings for me? Do you like me? It's also kind of like a time maybe to ask for reassurance or validation, but it's kind of like, what are we doing here? And are we on the same page? Should we continue like moving forward? Do we need to make any adjustments? Oh, I think this is one that that often people avoid because mm-hmm. they're worried that it's going to push somebody away. Mm-hmm. They're worried that, and I, a big part of it is maybe you'll get an answer that you don't want. Mm-hmm. So we avoid doing check-ins because, oh, everything's going fine. I don't want to change anything. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. But it's important to be on the same page and it's important to, you know, feel like you can ask those questions and find out, you know, maybe like get like a temperature reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And doing things, doing these things really early on sets that tone and makes it so that like these conversations are a lot more regular. And then if there is some sort of conflict that comes up in the check-in, then you don't have to be conflict avoidant about it. You can just sort of like navigate it together. Right. That's hard to do sometimes. Yeah, it's really hard to do, but I think you're right because like people are just like would rather avoid it just because there might be something hard or uncomfortable that comes up in that conversation. Um, So I I also, I I encourage people all the time to do check-ins and it's really just to kind of like, it creates that stability. It creates a feeling of safety and it creates like the solid foundation, you know? So yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and here's a nice little segue for you. If you want to create a solid foundation in your health, mm-hmm. something that usually is really hard and really challenging, I have a super secret. And Well, actually, it's not so secret. It's just like a wonderful, amazing uh, uh, go-to trick for getting you the health, nutrition, all the good stuff that you need. Yes. And that is Athletic Greens. Have you heard of Athletic Greens' company before, Jeff? Yeah, I have. I actually, what I do is I put all of the Athletic Greens into my smoothie every morning. I eat a smoothie every single morning. It's actually a smoothie bowl. So I put banana, oh, nice. almond milk, Athletic Greens, uh, peanut butter, and frozen fruits. And then I put granola in that smoothie bowl. And it is perfect. And it makes me feel so energized. And I just feel like I'm, it's like such a good start to my day. I feel like I'm doing like all the healthy things. Absolutely. So Athletic Greens is a nutritional drink. Mm-hmm. I heard about it because, you know, Eli and I are always trying to stay healthy. We do a lot of active stuff. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, what you put in 
changes what you get out of your body. Mm -hmm. So he was like really wanting to focus on nutrition. And he's got a few friends who are in the medical field Mm -hmm. and they have been using this stuff for years. And it's like a subscription. So it just shows up and you don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. And he was just about to order it himself and he was like pitching me he's like hey you know my friends have been using this and then he's like my friend's a doctor so like it matters you know he knows what he's doing (laughs) and he was like what do you think if we get this athletic greens and it's like delivered monthly you don't have to think about it they also have like travel packs so we could just throw them in our bag Mm -hmm. and go skiing and then i got to say guess what don't worry i got you because it's one of our sponsors for the podcast Mm -hmm. and I got them hooked up, and I will get you guys hooked up. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash TCE. That's athleticgreens.com slash TCE, and check it out. Hear more. Find out all about this nutritional drink. I mean, we are, like, not getting so much stuff in, like, the regular – I mean – Sometimes I just have cereal as like dinner. So it's not, you know, this needs to become more of like a daily habit so you can get all of the good stuff, all those nutrients that you need to yeah. keep your body feeling good. Exactly. It, it makes me feel less yes. guilty about like having that frozen burrito for dinner and that's it. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you start the morning right. Exactly. Like, and then just get out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Athletic grit. So I got a whole bunch of points in my relationship when I was like, oh, yeah, I already have a box. Here you go. Would you like to borrow some of mine? So yes. All right. Oh, Back okay. to our list. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the third one, a red flag that is actually really a green flag, um, is somebody that asks for space after a fight. I feel like you know, this could also kind of like go either way, I guess. Like if you get into an argument and it gets really heated and then somebody's like, okay, I actually need like a little bit of space. I don't want you to do it because you're like abandoning me. I don't want you to ask for space because you're using it as punishment. Like I'm going to like push you away, Jeff, and you're going to have to like think about it. But if you're asking for space because you're like, I need to emotionally regulate myself after a really intense experience. And that's super hot. And I love to see it because you're just being really healthy. You're like letting me know that you're taking space because it's going to serve the relationship because you're going to be able to like feel grounded and then you can come back and connect or repair or talk through some hard stuff, you know? Yes. And you know, oftentimes people need different things to feel, uh, regulated again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and some people need to go off and they need their own space they need that time to just like cool off to process things to think like alone and other people need to talk it out Mm -hmm. and they need to be able to like so so you'll often have the partner who's like wants to get one more word in. No, we need to talk about this. And they're often paired with a partner that needs that space and needs to go and and process the things. So recognizing that everybody has different needs in mm-hmm. those arguments and needing space and needing time to just kind of like, you know, I've I've said before there's no peace treaties ever signed on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So if you recognize that those like guns are drawn and and you're like fighting, chill, go off. Mm-hmm. Like Get to a place where you can be calm and and then check in with your partner. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I love about um, 
taking space after a fight, and I do this a lot with couples in, in couples therapy, is, is negotiated timeouts. Mm. So recognizing, and this isn't just like yelling timeout and then like right. bailing on the, the conversation. It's also not a way to like a, abandon a conversation that needs to happen mm-hmm. or a subject matter that needs to be discussed. But if you recognize things are getting heated, that you have a plan, a negotiated, pre-negotiated plan of what to do when it gets like that in a relation in a in a conversation so you have a hand signal maybe Mm. it's just like the timeout i had one couple who called it a timeout turkey (laughs) and they would do this thing that would like look kind of like a turkey and they would like wiggle their fingers (laughs) and then it was like a way to kind of cut the tension and also be like Mm -hmm. we got to take our time out and so you you have a plan people have you have an amount of time that it's going to be. You have spaces that each person is going to go. You, mm. Everybody's done that thing, or I mean, maybe some of you guys have done that thing where you like angrily walk past your partner and hope that they pick up your body language that says "fuck you," but you're not <laughs> going to say that because you're not a jerk, really. But so you have to have your separate spaces right. so that there's no like I'm just going to get something out of this box that I never go to ever, but have to just reach past you just so I can <laughs> give you this look of disgust or whatever disapproval. <laughs> So don't do that. Mm-hmm. And you go to your separate spaces. You have the time. If you have children, you have a plan of what's going to happen in that situation. Who's going to watch the kids? This can't just be like, I'm going to dump it off on you and I'm going to go have my time out in the corner. And then it just gives people a chance. to. And then also knowing when you're going to discuss this later. Mm-hmm. How there has to be a conversation afterwards of a pickup on, on what you were talking about before. And just having that that kind of plan before it's a great thing to do with a therapist can take an entire session to just do that yep but a negotiated timeout highly highly recommend when somebody needs space after a fight and it's a way to communicate that and then you get to the point where you just do the little hand signal little timeout hand signal and everybody knows what to do i love all the advice good job sarah that's perfect Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> you knocked it out of the park. One thing that I have to remember, because sometimes this comes up with like the classics, like anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. The avoidant person might want to get some space to cool down. The anxious one might feel worried or abandoned if like the avoidant one goes away. I can skew more anxious. And so sometimes if my partner needs to get some space, I'm going to get like kind of activated by that. And so I try to remember that even though I don't want to give them the space and I just like want to keep on talking it's actually going to serve me. Like I need to calm down even though I don't think I need to calm down. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm always, every single time, whether it's five minutes or an hour, like it's always (sighs) helpful for me to just stop and pause and get my thoughts together. So try to remember that even if you're feeling even more triggered or abandoned, this is good for you too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I am... Not embarrassed to say I have posted notes all over my house <laughs> that it started to remind me of things that I, I wanted to remember in sessions with clients mm. and like little things about like, you know, nothing will change if they don't change those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like what's identify the pro- things are just kind of like mm-hmm. remind me. So then I get to p- putting up little posted notes all around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Helpful reminders. I encourage you guys to use the same trick and you have no idea how powerful because in the moment when you are stressed, when you are uh, in that like activated fight, fight or flight response, 
the ability to reach down to that place, like the wise mind, mm-hmm. uh, decision-making self, and do the right thing is damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. So I have post-it notes reminding me, like, take a deep breath, you know, whatever it is. Like, do you need some water? Like, what? get a snack <laughs> that just are little cues yeah. that help me. So in fights, if these are things, if you notice you are having like one of those weeks where, oh, there's a lot of tension, we are arguing, put up some post-it notes. Mm-hmm. I support that. Yeah. yeah. It gets you back in touch with your yes. frontal lobe, your, your frontal yes. cortex, right? The part of your brain that can like see all the different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is such, it's just so annoying how our brain, like the exact <laughs> thing that we need shuts off first <laughs> when we like, that just seems like a poor design. Like I know that it's to keep us alive in sure. the big picture, but, but our brain, can this yeah, our brain, brain evolve I, already? Exactly. We're living in the modern world brain. Goodness like there's gracious. dinosaurs aren't chasing after us anymore. Yeah. yeah. We got like. Chat GPT now. Come on. Catch up, brain. <laughs> exactly. I need you to evolve. Anyways. Okay. What's next? Uh, thing that looks like a red flag, but really a green flag. Asking me what I'm looking for on the first date. So, yeah. There's people. In, I understand that, like, some folks just feel very strongly about going on a first date and just being like, it's all about vibes. We're not getting into anything. Let's just, like, see what happens. Uh, but when somebody on the first date, and I've been on a bunch of first dates recently, when they ask me, what am I looking for? I love it. We're not fucking around. We're trying to figure out if we're a good match here. We don't have to go on a second date if we're like totally on different ends of the spectrum. So if I'm like, I'm looking for a monogamish, long-term life partner, no kids, those are like some really big possible deal breakers for somebody. Huge. And if they want to get out, they should get out, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There is no, yeah, don't, you don't want to, to be get invested in somebody who has very different wants mm-hmm. for the relationship, mm-hmm. you know, that's, uh, it's why they have those little boxes or those little things that you could check on those, uh, uh, dating websites of what you're looking for. But rarely do people follow those. I know. Yeah, exactly. What's the deal with that? <laughs> it's just like, the, it's like, I just put this so I can get dates and then you go on a date and you're like, that's not at all what you're really like. Why'd you put that? I don't know. There's also this, there's this funny thing that happens that I've been noticing where, um, so I have like, I have a bunch of needs and desires that I want in a partner and I haven't like written them down, but I, I kind of know what they are in my head. And when I go out on a first date, I'm like looking to see if maybe some of those needs or desires are going to be, uh, are going to come up with this partner. Um, but every now and then I get to a point in the date where I'm just like, Oh no, like this isn't going to be a good long-term match. And there's a part of me that's just like, uh, well, okay, fuck it. Let's just like, let's just like see if I can date this person for a long time. That's not good. Like that's, I don't no, like that. There's a like part of me. Like testing yourself that just, goes like. It's sort of, it's this weird thing where it's just like, oh, this person, this person isn't going to meet my needs, but like, uh, I'm just going to like keep on dating them anyway. I don't know. It's not a good, healthy thing. It's just sort of yeah. like, I abandon my list really quickly. The list of like things I need. I'm just like, I'm going to fucking toss it in the garbage because there's something, oh. there's a connection here anyway. Anyways, so I'm just going to like lean into the connection, which takes me to this other thing that I'm like noticing that I do on dates where like you can 
basically put like almost anybody in front of me and I'll figure out a good way to connect with them. I'm really good at connecting people with people in all the different ways. So I'm going to connect with you, but I have to like, remember that just because I can connect with you, that doesn't mean it's a real connection for Correct. me. You know what I mean? And that is a one way connect. And, and yes. that is a connection based on a, a relationship where you are in control in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, we'll end up. You're going to end up feeling like resentful. Exactly. Like it's it's just not going to work. But there's been so many relationships that I've started in the past, unfortunately, where I'm just like, oh, I'm I'm the one that's making the connection here. There isn't a real connection. And also, like, I'm throwing away the list of like my needs, my non-negotiables, or something. Because it's just like, well, I just rather be connected. Because there's this part of me, this like I don't know, wounded child or whatever it is, where it's just like I want connection, and I'll abandon myself in order to get the connection. I'll do whatever I can in order to. Like, like have this connection but that's like not trusting that you know what's best for you and what you really want Mm -hmm. i know yeah so there's like i really i'm trying to like be as vigilant as i possibly can and then i'm going ahead and just like i'm not going on second dates or third dates because i know i know better that like even though there's a part of me that's just like but i could connect with them i could probably make this work but Anyways, so that's like a funny, interesting Ugh. thing that I'm noticing these days. Okay, I have a question. How can you eat healthier, uh, save money on takeout, and still enjoy delicious food? Uh, I also have a solution. Wild Grain Subscription Box. Yes, these guys are so delicious. They are the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box where you can get sourdough breads, like fresh pastas, artisanal pastries delivered to your house, and you just throw them into the oven in like 25 minutes or less. You will absolutely fall in love. Uh, nothing turns me on more than fresh baked bread. Uh, I think that is a fact, yes. And also, unlike supermarkets, Wild Grain uses this slow fermentation process that's easier on your belly, low in sugar, and uh, rich in nutrients and antioxidants. So you're welcome of those extra little benefits. Uh, and now, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box, when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCE to start your subscription. Yep, you heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCE. That's wildgrain.com slash TCE. Uh, or you can just use promo code TCE at checkout and all you have to do is sign up and you choose what type of box you want to receive and how often it's super easy to get like schedule, skip, whatevs. And let me tell you, here's the secret. Go for anything that has the fresh pasta because you're getting the delicious croissants. We love those, but the fresh pasta. Oh my God. It is a game changer. There's like a flip side to every coin. Mm-hmm. Every, every negative coping strategy we've developed has some superpower to Mm -hmm. it. The fact that you are understanding and empathetic and can see the like ways to connect to people and, and find the humanness in everyone and see like the Mm -hmm. really like the beauty in this is probably so many therapists. That is going to be, make you a great therapist, but maybe means you need to do a better job vetting people. Yeah, exactly. And just be so Sometimes it helps me mm-hmm. to think of an alter ego and think mm-hmm. of like who is a person in television or in the movies or is there a character that you look at and you're like, yeah, that person dates well. They are like they like crush it in how it's they date. Vince Vaughn from Swingers or is that? Oh my god, <laughs> this is so funny. This is great. It could be, okay, okay. <laughs> 
if you were my client, <laughs> I would say to you, well, what? how does Vince Vaughn end up? Is that really so, – like, is mm, that – does he end up – happy and in the like we want to look at not just the dating part but but what he gets from the date right like he, he doesn't right like he kind of ends the movie no. where he's just being sort of like a sad yeah. like disconnected player who like you know looks good and talks the talk but is kind of lonely at the end right right mm-hmm. so like you know maybe we find like some middle ground or something <laughs> like that and then if you it's like a what would somebody who's not Vince Vaughn, but somebody like Vince Vaughn do situation. (laughs) And I just like fake it, like pretend Mm. that it's not me doing it. It's this character who, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. there was a woman who I met, I was on a cruise once Mm -hmm. and this woman, it was a couple and she was, she was from Texas and she had that amazing accent Mm. that like, she was like old South lady. And, and she, and her husband had the cutest relationship. They were like cutting it up on the dance floor. He was so sweet to her. He like, here's a flower. And I was like, what is the secret? What is it that you have? And she just like had so much sage advice. She was like, I, I, I let him think that he's winning all the time, even <laughs> though I like. I, I'm playing the game too, and like I, I, you know, build him up, and she just has. So she's always been my go-to. She mm. was. It was. I I recognized that she was like the smarter, wise. Like she was wise and 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 smart in the relationship, but she didn't need to always show that and mm-hmm. put him down in that way. And it was at a time where I was in a relationship where I needed to assert like my. I don't know, superior, whatever it was like, like, Oh, I'm better than you. Like, I yes, thank you. I had to assert my power over whoever I was with, which in the end is terrible for a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, what, what's the trick? How's this woman like this badass, like strong, tough woman, but then also like gets all the love and nurture. Mm -hmm. And so she became my Mm -hmm. model. Mm -hmm. And I just go, what would this woman from Texas? I wish I remembered her name. I should, but I just like, what would she do? And she just became this, this, I bet I've answered things with a Southern accent sometimes because <laughs> I'm just faking it, pretending to be her of like, no, she wouldn't gloat and do the suck it motion. If she won the card mm. game against her partner <laughs> for the 10th time in a row, she would probably like be a gracious winner right. and just be like, it doesn't matter. Who cares? You're going to beat me at whatever. And uh-huh. then maybe like lose the next game. <laughs> fine. You know, like I'm not encouraging letting your partner win if you <laughs> to like feed their egos or whatever, but if it's for the relationship, so that's what it is. She was mine. And so I think maybe if you, if you, the whole point of this is find somebody who yeah. like you can be the, the, mm-hmm. it can be like the alter ego in those situations. So that, they take over. I like that because, you know, like like you're saying that like this woman that you met, there's a part of you who is like that. Like there's a part of Sarah that like can yes. identify with that. And if you can just be like, well, this is this part of me that can make like really good decisions and also be very caring and speak up for what you need and make sure you're in a balanced relationship. Like those are all just like really great qualities. And yes. you can just step into that character every now and then. So I'm going to think about, so Vince Vaughn is not the best role model, I guess. And I don't even think the I other I mean, characters. if you want to have 
uh, it's just a different dating experience. Like, what is our end goal? Yeah, I'm not going to so judge you're it. like, but which, right, no judgment. Listen, yeah. I am all for it. It's like, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. But like, that's the question of what kind of date, what, how do you want to date? Right. Yeah. Vince Vaughn would probably have a different answer mm-hmm. than maybe some other mm-hmm. people that we're, exactly. we think of. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next red flag. That's actually a green flag. Um, I think that some people can feel like it might be a red flag if you're not being put first all the time. Uh, so I love this one. And, and I get it. Like You do want to feel like the priority. That makes sense. But I think in reality, you're probably not going to be the priority every single time. And sometimes your partner has like a lot of shit going on at work or creatively or socially or at school or something. And that and you want your partner, ideally, to like live a balanced life, which means that you're not always going to be on the top of the priority list, right? Right. Right. You know, I always think of, there was a study done where the, I think it was at the Gottman Institute, where they asked couples who raked their relationship as successful relationships that have been together for more than 40 years. Mm. And they said, so these are good relationships Mm -hmm. that have stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. And both partners rate it as like a good relationship, Mm -hmm. healthy relationship. And they asked the partners, like, when are you most attracted to your significant other? And the answer across the board was when they are in their element, when Mm. they are engaged in the thing that they love. I'm most attracted to my partner when, I think I've shared this on here before, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they sing. Oh, I'm most attracted to my partner when they're singing and, 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 you know, I'm most attracted to my partner when they're painting or when they're, you know, just closed a deal at work and, and, you know, coming and sharing that with me or when they're, uh, you know, I see what a good mother she is and she's like putting mm. our kids to bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always for something that is like that person's thing, their mm-hmm. identity, the thing that, that makes them them that's separate. It's never when they are so caring and cu- like when they sacrifice themselves for me mm-hmm. or when they look super hot or something Mm -hmm. like those those aren't the things those aren't the things that really when we're like really attracted to our partners so i think about if the thing that is like the glue is that attraction and that curiosity and that that interest in each other that keeps the relationship alive in order to keep that you really have to just focus on the things that you love and the things that that you're passionate about because your passion is what ignites the passion in your partner. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. It's funny. Like it's the. I think it's so true. I was I was on a date recently, and somebody was telling me about like she was telling me about how much she loved jazz and why jazz is so great, and she loves to like go to jazz clubs and shows. And I'm just like jazz fucking play the right note jazz what the fuck jazz sucks but the way that she like was talking about it was so fucking hot Uh, and so there's just sort of like wow you're in your element you're being so authentic you're so smart and interesting about this like very specific topic and i just like i cannot i just want to hear all about jazz i'm so into it yeah Um, and if she gave that up because you didn't like jazz mm, mm -hmm. and she started going whatever you know and Mm -hmm. was like oh no i don't then that then you lose that spark that that right. thing that brought you in that made you curious that made you interested so mm-hmm. you gotta just like do the things that you love and and chase your passions and then passion will find you yeah and accept the fact that sometimes 
you're not going to be on the top of the priority list and that's okay. However, the other end of the spectrum is like, if you're never a priority, if you're always like second or third to their, whatever they're doing to their work or making money or I don't know, you know? Um, so if you don't want to be in a relationship where you're like typically second or third on the priority list, then maybe that relationship isn't for you, but you're going to go up and down in a long-term relationship, right? Did you ever watch the show, The Millionaire Matchmaker? Ugh, I've seen episodes here and there. God, I loved it. <laughs> Why did you so like trashy. that? <laughs> I loved it. Well, because that was usually these these individuals' mistake is that they prioritized their job, right. their career, money, mm-hmm. you know, and now they're at the point where they want a relationship and they've they have to switch their priorities, and you can just see the the struggle that some people have mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Like you will uh, get what you put energy into, mm-hmm. get back, you know, mm-hmm. what you put energy into. Yeah. And they were putting a lot of energy into making money and just to watch people like shift and have to like let go of that was always so entertaining. Oh, it's great. But I, I, I get it. It's, it's also like a grieving process to let go of like putting all of that energy into money and only putting like a limited amount into oh, it or yeah. something. Cause yeah. you, anytime you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else and right. vice versa. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to let go to something like, what is the thing Pfft, that cool swingers, whatever Vince Vaughn gets, he's, <laughs> there's going to be something that you have to let go of right. in order to get like the long-term relationship. Yes. You know, exactly. If I were talking to Vince Vaughn from swingers, yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. Next one. So the next, the next thing that looks like a red flag, but is actually good is somebody who's being like really selfish in a relationship or like taking up a lot of space in the relationship. So I think inherently, like, obviously you don't want to be with somebody who's like uber selfish, right? Like that's an unattractive thing, but there's going to a certain, to a certain degree, I think relationships are kind of selfish, like selfish in a way that's just like, Hey, Sarah, if we're in a relationship, these are my needs. These are my desires. This is what I want to do. This is what I enjoy eating. Or this is, I, you know, like this is where I enjoy visiting or going on vacation or snowboarding or camping or whatever it is. Like yes. you need to like selfishly let me know how I can be there for you, how I can support you and how I can like go on this journey with you. So it's important that you, so maybe like the word selfish might not be the best way to say it, but it's important that you take up space Yes, in totally. the relationship, right? I think the best way to think about this is, is to flip it. What would the opposite be? If you didn't, if you weren't selfish and you didn't take up space and why this is a green flag, because what that, that the lack of that looks like is if you're being like, in like too accommodating and you're the one, you know, I think about the people who don't want to lose the relationship who Mm -hmm. are trying so hard to hold on to the relationship that they're like, what can I do for you? Let me do do it. And they abandon their own needs in it. They take up so little space because Mm -hmm. they're focused on the needs of the other. I know if I'm just like the perfect girlfriend who like does everything and I sacrifice myself and I am so selfless and I do all the things he wants to do and to go to the, we think that that is going to be the, that, Mm -hmm. that, will build like not a healthy relationship you get and surprisingly the other person doesn't like that either Mm -hmm. you'd think that they would Mm -hmm. but they don't they we really want somebody to be able to make decisions for themselves to to 
Because it also gives us permission to make decisions for ourselves, and nobody wants totally. we want it to be equal. Nobody wants like to the the burden of being the decision maker for everything in a relationship because that comes with a, a heavy, uh, uh, you know, responsibility. Emotional. Yes, yeah, exactly. So lean into taking up space. It's hot. We want to know what you want. We want to like please you. Uh, relationships yes. are kind of like inherently selfish, and you're you should get all your needs met or, you know, a lot yeah. of your needs met. Right. Yeah. 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 And if you don't ask for them, you probably aren't going to have them met. And mm-hmm. so exactly. Next one, the next red flag or the next, pe- the next thing that people think might be a red flag is scheduling sex or intimacy. Right. I think that I this, love, like, I love it. it feels like it's not romantic. It feels like it's just sort of, you've lost, you know, the spontaneous passion that was once there or something. But like we've said before, we put things on the calendar that are really important. And so scheduling sex or intimacy is really important. Right, Sarah? Absolutely. And I think there's something, you know, uh, obviously if you're, if you really don't want to do something, don't do it. Right. But there are so many times where I'm like, Oh, I don't feel like that right now. Mm. And then it's scheduled or we've made a point, like we're going to have some naked cuddle time. You know, <laughs> we'll just like be really chill about it. Like no, no, no pressure. Just like cuddle without clothes on right over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever happens, happens. And as soon as I am in that moment in the right environment with somebody who's will like, like showing up for me in that way, and maybe is willing to like, kind of like maybe take over and and so I, mm-hmm. to kind of get me to that point where I mm-hmm. am in the mood. Oh, I'm, I I never go. Oh, I wish I didn't do that. Right. I've never said that ever. <laughs> but in the beginning, I'm like, oh, do I? but so sometimes it you know it reminds me of that pencil test where if you hold a pencil in your mouth, it will make mm. the corners of your mm-hmm. uh, uh, the edges of your your mouth go up in a smile Mm -hmm. and when your body is is doing something your mind then goes oh i guess i'm 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 happy so you're you're forcing a smile and what it does is it actually improves your mood Mm -hmm. your brain goes well i must be happy i'm smiling so just giving yourself an opportunity to like set the stage for that kind of intimacy and putting yourself there you'd be surprised at at how I don't know, maybe the thoughts can change and the mood can change mm-hmm. if it is scheduled and you do kind of just like show up to, to be intimate with your partner. Totally. And it also can like, it doesn't mean that like it can't happen spontaneously outside of the scheduled time, right? right? Like it can happen all the time, but also you sometimes like you, you want to be able to like create time and have sex, but there's like shit gets in the way. Kids. Yes school, work, stress, whatever. So you actually can kind of like, you're not going to feel guilty because you know, it's on the calendar. (laughs) You've carved out some time to do it and you don't have to kind of like walk around. Like, are we, will we, can we, like we're getting into bed. Is this going to happen? I have no idea. You know, like I hate that. Yeah. And then sometimes this thing happens when, when like stress work, whatever, Mm -hmm. like we're just busy schedules. Everybody's like, I don't know, on different schedules Mm -hmm. and too much time, not too much, but like enough time has passed. Well, I'll call it too much. Yeah. Too much time that I feel comfortable with has passed Mm. since we've been intimate and it feels almost like hard to start up again. Mm -hmm. That is such a weird feeling. It's like, I love this relationship. There's nothing wrong here. Love our sex life. It's so great. But it's like, 
an object in motion stays in motion kind of thing. <laughs> right. And as soon as you stop, it's like getting it started again, getting that fire lit. So just scheduling it to have sometimes the one time can, mm-hmm. I don't know, like fire things up again. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's been sometimes exactly what we've needed mm-hmm. to then get back into like a regular. Yeah. Totally. Sex routine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and I think there's like this fantasy that we think that like sex should just always be spontaneous and amazing and natural. You know, Stupid no. television. Exactly. I just want one. I think I did see a movie one time where I'm like, that is accurate. I think it was them like trying to take off their pants and falling over or something like the, the they really do make. And by they, I mean, people who make movies and television <laughs> make that process of taking the pants off, like the shoes and pants off way faster than it ever really happens in real life i'm like who are these changing magicians who can remove their pants so quickly i know pants coming off is usually like the most ungraceful thing that happens when you're gonna do it and then if you make the decision to leave the underwear on and then you got to take those off too and then you do that thing where you like lift your hips up off the bed but your shoulders are still attached to the bed and then you try to slide it off but they always get stuck at the knees so now you got to like do We've all been. We've Just all been, yeah. <laughs> take a pause. Take the clothes off. It's not going to be sexy. Uh, and if it is, then good on you. Because yeah, and, and, and go. <clears throat> that was a win. Mm-hmm. Next one. And this definitely can feel like a real red flag. But like you're in a relationship mm-hmm. and then you just want to take a break. Um, this kind of goes, this is connected to like somebody maybe like wanting space as well. Uh, taking a break from the relationship. Putting things on pause. Like going away from each other for a little bit if you Mm -hmm. do it the right way you're doing it to kind of like check in with yourself how can i like get back feeling like connected do i need to kind of like resolve anything on my own so that i can come back and repair things that have happened like really check in with myself to figure out like how can i like get clicked into this relationship again so taking a break feels really red flaggy but it's supposed to in the end be a green flag yeah, you know, I think what I'm noticing as we go through this list is a lot of these things that will feel like red flags right away will feel like that if there isn't the communication behind mm-hmm. it. We'll feel like that if there isn't an explanation or an understanding and really an emotional maturity because what needs to happen in all of these is we can't just make assumptions. We can't just think that somebody saying, hey, you know, I want to take a break right now is them saying, I don't want to be with you. Mm-hmm. We have to have that curiosity, talk about it, have a conversation, you know, and even in in wanting to take a break, having some uh, boundaries and expectations around that. What is that? I, I mean, who is not thinking of the Ross and Rachel <laughs> We were on a break thing right now, you know? So as we learned from friends, even though we talked about how television shouldn't be our example, uh, that uh, doesn't always go over well if it's not really communicated and not, not, yeah, clearly communicated to each partner. Are you, were you upset with Ross and what he did during the quote unquote break? No. No. Yeah. They shouldn't be together. That's a trick. They trigger each other. That's bad, 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 bad. That's Monica true. Chandler, yes. Great. They're wonderful. They're a good Ross example. and Rachel, no. Now, yeah. Ross and Rachel is the sort of like red flag chemistry where it's like really roller coastery or roller coastery, will we, won't we sort of vibe. And yeah. I, maybe we should all kind of like experience that in our younger years or whatever. That's like a coming of age kind of like experience to go through. But you don't want to spend yeah. the rest of your life in a relationship where it's just like 
what the fuck is going on here, right? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, from personal experience, everybody, every relationship is different. Mm-hmm. Every, like, this is, there's no one size fits all model, but I was really under the impression that the second time, like, you know, we were together and then we broke up and I, it was like, a, let's, like, I want to, take a break. I, I want to mm. not do this. And well, actually I'll tell you the full story because mm-hmm. I did not say that. He said, let's mm. take a break. Mm-hmm. I he said, let's break up. Mm-hmm. I recognized that it wasn't healthy for us to live together. I moved into quickly mm-hmm. and I was like, I need my space. I need, I'm not ready for this stage in the relationship. I'm going to move out. Like I want to stay together, but I'm going to get my own place. And in me getting my own place and wanting to still be in the relationship, he was like, no, I'm out. And so we broke up. We were apart for two years. And then he was like, operation, get Sarah back and win her over. And it worked. And uh, I thought that things were going to be different. But the fundamental things were exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It was the same problems. It was the same everything all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, So you can date somebody again. No problem. But, like, don't expect that those same problems weren't there. Like, weren't, they're not going to magically disappear. Right. They're not going to magically disappear. They're definitely going to come back. And then it's up to you two or you all to figure out, like, are you going to have a different relationship with the problems that are coming up? Yes. Like, how are you going to address them differently? Are you going to accept them instead of trying to solve them? Like, what needs to change here? Because the problem isn't just going to magically go away. And sometimes if you take a break... And then at the end of the break, you're like, I want to break up with you. That's a green flag, too. You don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that doesn't want to be with you, right? Like, Right. That's a very, very good yeah. thing to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if they want to be in a relationship with you, they'll show up. Mm-hmm. And just like the things we said in the beginning of our list, those many, mm-hmm. many green flags. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. Last one, Sarah, on our list. You put it on here. Which one is that? I love it. Uh, Going to a therapist regularly. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We love this. So I've definitely heard this more in the past. This isn't, this is now Mm -hmm. changing. People are, Mm -hmm. or maybe the people I'm talking to or listening to are changing, Mm -hmm. but you know, people used to be like, oh my gosh, they're in therapy. What's wrong with them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And anybody who's been in therapy or tried to get, like somebody that they love in therapy. We know that the the people who aren't in therapy are often the people who need it the most. (laughs) So if they're in therapy, it says that they are willing to work on themselves. It says that they are willing to grow. Mm -hmm. They uh, recognize, like they have awareness there. They are recognizing their role in the problem cycle, you know, given that it's not court appointed therapy or something (laughs) like that. That's I put regularly on there, but yeah, I think it's a really wonderful thing. You know, we don't have to be seeing a therapist for forever, but it should not be a red flag if somebody is in therapy. No, it shouldn't be. And and since I'm like on the apps right now, oh my God. So like almost like uh, 75% of like the women that are making their profiles are asking men to be in therapy and, oh and talking about God. how hot it is if you're in therapy yes. and how you can like be vulnerable and communicate and understand your emotions with high emotional intelligence. Like this is, it feels like it's this sort of like funny new, well, it's not funny, but it's maybe more new like requirement almost of just sort of like, yes. this is such a huge green flag. And so mm-hmm. I love to see it. It's really hot. So all my guys out there get in therapy. 
<laughs> not just so that Get you can like, in look therapy. good. It but... is cheaper than a sports car. <laughs> Exactly. Really? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And it will get you way more of what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very you know sexy. I mean. Sarah, very sexy. do you think that our favorite Vince Vaughn from Swingers would go to therapy? You know what? I do. <laughs> I do. I think he would be resistant at first. Mm-hmm. I think he would also probably fall in love with a therapist, so he'd have to work through that. Yeah. I don't know why I see him as the kind who would do that. He, he wants everyone that, to fall or, in love no, with him. No, he would think that the therapist is in love with him. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, she definitely loves me. Uh-huh. Didn't you see how she asked me all those questions about myself? <laughs> exactly. She wanted to know more. It, yeah, yeah. She asked me about my childhood. Please. She's in love. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what he would do. So I do, I do think that he would go to therapy, but it would be like, it would take a while. It would take a while. He'd be resistant. He would try to like have the power. He would kind of like mess around and have fun. You know, it would be like hard for him to, you know, and he's also like Vince Vaughn, like that character is a really good storyteller. So I think that he would like, he's going to like use the therapist as his audience. He's going to try to get you to laugh. Right. You know, he's going to like talk about being vulnerable, but he's not actually going to be vulnerable. You know, he's just performing. Yeah. Yes. Very performative. I was that client. (laughs) That shocks no one. Cause I was like, maybe if I talk the whole time, Mm. then she won't ask me any of the questions I don't want her to ask me Mm -hmm. so i will just fill this hour with me talking Mm. which uh, as you guys know as listeners i can do (laughs) so oh well i have many many more hours to talk uh, about therapy and all these subjects with you and we will do all of this and more on the next episode of this changes everything yeah it's good to see you sarah talk to you You later and good luck out there in the dating world jeff i can't wait to hear more stories okay bye all right bye Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.